Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHerCon is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Are you ready for the best real estate investing advice ever? Join Joe Fairless as he talks to successful real estate professionals and asks them to share their best advice ever. From deal syndicators to wholesalers, flippers, property managers, pest inspectors, and everyone in between. It's the best ever advice and none of the fluff. Let's go. First, a word from one of my favorite iPhone apps and our sponsor, Quotiful. As real estate investors, we all know how important it is to stay inspired. Quotiful is a free iPhone app that keeps you on top of your game through inspirational quotes. You can create your own quote and share it with your friends on Twitter and Facebook and email. Or, if you're just looking for a little inspiration, you can go there and get inspired. Download Quotiful now in the iTunes Store. It's spelled Q-U-O-T-I-F-U-L. Quotiful. Be inspired and inspiring. Hello, Best Ever listeners. Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. I'm here with today's guest, Taylor White. Hi, Taylor. Joe, what is going on, buddy? Oh, I'm excited to have you on the show, and you know, Taylor is an international investor. He has bought and sold real estate in five different countries. He's from San Diego, but he's living in the Dominican Republic right now. He's the host of a podcast called Overseas Property Insider Podcast, so definitely go and check that out. Uh, he is buying and selling on an active basis. Uh, and on average, you know, he buys and sells one property every three months. So he's actively involved looking at property all over the, the world. I'm used to saying country, the world. And I'm excited to have you on the show, Taylor. Joe, I'm excited to be here. So Taylor, can you give the best ever listeners a little bit more background about your real estate experience? Absolutely. Born and raised in sunny San Diego, California, to an awesome entrepreneurial father as well as a mother who was a teacher. Went to high school, went to college. Joe, at college my freshman year, I was getting awesome grades, but I said, this is not for me. I want to get out there. I want to make some money. So I bounced around a little bit. I cleaned pools for wealthy people in San Diego. I also um, sold used cars, if you can believe it. But when I was cleaning those wealthy pools, I said to myself, I don't want to be cleaning their pools. I want their house or maybe what their house represents or the lifestyle that I think that they lead. And one of the 
common traits that a lot of these people had from speaking with them or going out to breakfast with, with them was real estate. So I started to dive into real estate. When I first started, Joe, it was right after September 11th, 2001. One, and what happened was a horrible situation. The government, the economy, that needed to be spurred. So what did they do? They dropped down interest rates, and they, have, they had creative financing. So that's when I first got it started. I got my real estate license and broker's license, but for the most part, Joe, I started out buying and selling my own places with no money, no credit, all that kind of good stuff, and getting creative. So I started in San Diego buying a place, renting it out via Section 8 tenants because it was guaranteed, and then selling it, and then use that money and repeating the process um, property by property. I also bought and sold a little bit just north of San Diego. And then, Joe, during that time, I wanted to travel. I wanted to get, to get out there. There's a lot of amazing places, but I went to, to countries like Thailand and the Philippines and Argentina and Panama and Nicaragua. So I said, okay, I'm involved in real estate. I love to travel. Of course, there's real estate in these countries as well. So how can I combine these two amazing passions? Back in San Diego, as luck would have it, there was a live and invest overseas type of conference in San Diego. That's where sight unseen, which I definitely do not recommend. I made my first purchase, a pre-construction apartment in a country at that time I had never been to, in a city I had never seen, in a development that was pre-construction, meaning just plans, so I didn't see it, with a husband and wife team, who by the way, I still talk to today, so it's definitely not something that I recommend now years later, but that's how I got my start in the overseas real estate niche. So based on your experience with you know investing in multiple countries, what would you say your best real estate investing advice ever is? Joe, I think that's a fantastic question, and it's boots on the ground. It's having – being there yourself, making great contacts with real estate agents, a buyer agent, a few sellers agent, lawyers. It's getting connected. It's having a good circle of people that you can bounce ideas off of. My number one thing, Joe, is definitely boots on the ground. And whenever you're entering into a new market, I mean it's challenging enough to – Bring in team members. Yeah, I live in New York City. Bring in team members from Cincinnati or Tulsa or Memphis. How the heck did you build a team in a different country? Yeah, Joe, that's a great question. And yes, you can do due diligence online. You can do online conferences and read books and newsletters and podcasts and all that good stuff. But for me, it was flying to the countries. It was. It might have been going to live and invest type of conferences in those countries, primarily for the fact that they're, that they're bringing together people. So that's how I could meet some real estate agents and some lawyers and develop a team around me. And when I say you know a team, it's not necessarily people that are trying to make me rich. It's people that I use to facilitate transactions. And Joe, as you know, trying to do things in different countries, you can't – or in different states, excuse me, in different cities, you can't be everywhere at the same time. So that's why I – Focus on strategies. You know, Robert Allen is famous for a lot of things, whether someone agrees with him or doesn't. There's one thing that always sticks out in my mind. He had that that challenge. And his challenge was put me in any city, in any state, or in any country in the world. And with the strategies that I use, I can find great deals. And I think that's so important because in this overseas real estate niche, people are always promoting the next big thing. You should go to Coronado in Panama 
or Playas in Ecuador, or they're saying all these fantastic spots. But Joe, if you don't know anything about the ins and outs of those locations, of those cities, of those beach towns, if you don't know any agents, don't know any lawyers or bankers, it's not a, a, a booming area to you. So for me, I stress strategies and tactics, and I stress finding a few locations that you can know pretty well, but networking with great people who know it really, really well. It's interesting. So with the properties that you purchase and the strategies that you use, what is a strategy that you currently are doing that makes money? Yeah, that's a great question, and it changes, but for me, I focus on a couple of things. One, it has been buying pre-construction. I believe there's four phases in a construction period, four main phases, pre-construction, during construction, pre-completion, and then completion. So one of those for me was pre-construction for the simple fact of you can leverage money. A lot of times they ask for a small percentage down and a small percentage either per month or every couple months in stage payments. And then before completion, it could be a couple years, it could be many years, that's when your big lump payment is due. Maybe it's 70%, maybe it's 80%. So one of my niches is getting in early in pre-construction, using leverage, and then trying to get out, of course, before it's completed or key ready, because that's when your big payment is due. Now, that's a strategy that, yes, it does work, but Joe, as you know, during construction periods, a lot of things can happen. Personally, you might be married. You might get divorced. You might have financial problems. You might get sick. There's a lot of things that come up, and from a developer standpoint, they could, they might think it's going to take them two years or three years, but a lot has to do with permits and how much money they have and a lot of moving factors. So, Joe, I wanted to, to, to mention one more, and that's something that I've deemed um, pre-completion. I don't hear a lot of people talking about it. Maybe they are, but I haven't heard it. It's this area of a construction period, Joe, when it's almost complete. So you don't have the risk of pre-construction where hopefully it gets built, but you're not sure and you don't know how many months or years it's going to take. This one, the building is up. The floors are going in. The windows are going in. You know it's going to get done, Joe. It's just a matter of a few months or six months or a year. This is a great time to where you can target out-of-country owners who it's not their primary residence. They bought during pre-construction. They had this years or few years buildup. Their financial situation has changed. They almost have to pay their final payment. Maybe they don't have it. Well, you can help them out by taking over their unit that's appreciated. You walk into a great deal, and a lot of times what happens is because they're not in that country, let's say, they don't want to pay the money to go down there. They're working a full-time job, etc is they don't know what market value is. They don't want to take the chance. So instead of asking full asking price or what you know that you can sell it for, they'll take a discount. So one great strategy is pre-construction, although it's a lot riskier. Um, there's a lot more moving factors. And the other one that I talked about, Joe, was pre-completion, where I believe that you can walk into great appreciation, but a lot less risk. How do you find those owners that would be interested in doing the pre-completion strategy? Yeah, that's a great question, and let's use Panama City as an example. If you're on the ground in Panama City, and Joe, no different than if you do it in Memphis or Nashville or any other city, is I network with agents. For me, I get on the ground. I stay in hotels or I stay in um, vacation rentals, and I walk around, and I call on signs. Um, I look in the newspapers, Craigslist, Craigslist. I know a lot of people laugh about that in the States, hugely popular in places like Panama or Costa Rica, and I network with these agents. 
regions. And because I've focused on a few areas, I've been back to these areas many, many times. I've lived in Panama for five years consecutively as my home base. So I developed a few agents that I've always worked with. But if you know what those prices are to start with and you know what their market value is, then you can deal with these agents. Say, hey, agents, look, here's what I'm looking at. I know this building is about complete. I know that you have out-of-country owners that are frantically trying to sell it so they don't lose their down payment or their deposit um, to hold it. I would love to take a look at some of the better units from your out-of-country owners to try and strike up a great deal. So for me, that's why it goes back to the network of trusted people, um, knowing the areas a little bit, and then really, really targeting. And then once you strike that deal, who do you sell to? Well, a lot of times I just list it back with the agents. So whether it is they sell it to a local, whatever country it is, or whether they sell to an expat, for me, it doesn't matter. And that's why the key is to walk into a great deal instead of hoping for um, appreciation later. So for them, who they sell it to, an agent, for the most part, most of the deals that I do is probably 50-50 to where whoever I sell it to through an agent for the most part is probably 50 locals and then 50 foreigners. Are you ready for the best ever lightning round? I absolutely am ready. Best ever book you've read? If it's real estate, you got to go with Robert Allen. My personal favorite, John Perkins' Tales of an Economic Hitman. Best ever personal growth experience and what you learned from it? Having um, $47,000 stolen from my checking account when someone duplicated the card because it put me into fast action strategies, how I can back out of some deals, how I can sell some deals. Um, It turned on my creative thinking juices. Did you get it back? I did not. Huh. How How come? Um, it was a bank account in a foreign country, and there wasn't any fraud protection. Oh man, uh, that that hurts. <laughs> that hurts me. I'm so sorry about that. It definitely hurts. Best ever success habit you practice? Wake up early. For me, it's 5 a.m. Best ever deal you've done? That would be buying in San Diego for zero down. I needed a little bit of closing cost. Of course, I had the seller pay for most, um, but I used a cash advance on a credit card or as a balance transfer into my checking account. Um, I bought it for 273000 put in a Section 8 tenant because it was guaranteed rent. I sold it, I believe it was something around 18 months later for um, 439000 How did you negotiate the 0% down? Um, it was just – it was two loans. One was 80 percent. One was 20 percent, and that was um, conventional financing from the bank. I had seller pay for probably 3 percent of closing costs or up to you know uh, 10000 or so of non-recurring um, closing costs. And then if I had it to show in pounds or cash reserves, I did a balance transfer from my credit card at the time into my checking account. <laughs> so it, it was pretty creative. Best ever quote. It's also a book by Michael Masterson that came out a few years ago, Ready, Fire, Aim. What's the best ever place to reach you, Taylor? My main website, internationalrealestatelistings.com, and from there, you can find my Overseas Property Insider podcast.
Great, and everyone definitely go check that out. And Taylor, thanks so much for being on the show. I know the best ever listeners got a lot out of it, especially anyone interested in investing overseas. And not only that, but you know, I, I'm personally not focused on overseas investments, uh, but it certainly is interesting to hear uh, different perspectives on on how you know what strategies work uh, with investing overseas and um, what's what people are doing right now um, to make money doing that way. Love it, Joe. Thank you so much for having me on. Okay, talk to you later. Hey, you, best ever listener, do you want more? Then head to joefairless.com, where there are tons of free videos, templates, and content to help you get deals done. And if you want Joe to personally help you reach your goals, then go to the Work With Joe tab on joefairless.com and apply to, well, Work With Joe.